0: This episode of Get Off the Dotted Line originally aired on August 7th, 2022. I wanted to re-air this episode as we begin a new school year and continually think about how we can best help our kids learn and grow. Have you ever wondered how you, an elementary teacher, can move from inside the confines of a standardized curriculum box to a teaching and learning space that is more creative? And how can you make this leap in your teaching practice in an easy and more systematic way that doesn't create more work for yourself during planning sessions? This is what I'm hoping to accomplish with Get Off the Dotted Line, a podcast that gives elementary teachers Simple step by step tools, guidance, and advice on how to make teaching more creative without sacrificing high quality content, instruction, skills, and amazing learning potential for your students. I'm your host, Dr. Paige Hendricks, and together we will explore different ways to simplify your planning and add a lot of creative impact that is outside the confines of standardized curriculum and The Dotted Lines. As we look forward to an amazing new school year, I'm going to talk about something that came to my attention on social media, but also resonated with me as a former first grade teacher. Today, I'm going to share some insights I believe all elementary teachers, and really any teachers K-12, should consider before assigning a common back-to-school writing assignment. And stay tuned for the Cut That Out section of this podcast, where I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the topics we talked about and use them right away. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, This episode will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. As we approach a new school year, I wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for getting your classroom and work projects ready for a brand new school year of eager students. This year is going to be great. Hopefully, this podcast and other tools you have come across this summer will help you think about, plan, and create lessons and units that will enhance high-quality learning experiences for your students. Maybe some of this information will spark something in your planning that will help the accelerated student or the one who has a particular challenge. Regardless, I wish all of you listening today a wonderful, productive year of amazing learning. I remember the few days before a new school year of getting all my materials ready and setting up my new classroom. Don't we always have it in our heads that there's so much time to prepare? Shaking our hands like, we've got this, or putting off our first week of school planning until the very last minute. I recall those super hot days of summer in the South where one school year the air conditioning in the school building wasn't working. And that was the year I decided that I had to repaint my classroom. Well, I really did have to repaint it. It was army green and mustard yellow, because who could learn in that environment? So I repainted it to a bright white with royal blue cabinets. A great idea in theory, but the old saying of slow as watching paint dry kept going through my head as I watched my new paint not dry until the students entered into the classroom on the first day of school. Seriously, it was tacky up until like the first week and a half. Or another year when I was hired literally the day before students walk through the main building doors. The day before. Talk about little to no prep time that year. Or my first year in the classroom when... The school calendar I was given said I had to report to school the week before students arrived to prepare and work in my classroom, quote unquote, only to find out that four of those five days were filled with professional development sessions and meetings. You can relate to that, right? So those eight days when I thought I was going to be in my classroom, I had to shuffle from meeting to meeting, all while thinking, when am I actually going to get into my room to set something up? Many of you are going through these very same scenarios right now, or you may be going through them in a few weeks. And whether you're starting off your very first year in the classroom, having been reassigned to another grade you've never ever taught before, or just anxious to get the ball rolling on a grade you have taught before, I'm here to help you all. Know that you've got this. I'm in your corner and rooting for you because it will all get done. Part of my first week of school preparation focused on creating a community of students within our classroom. I wanted to have a classroom environment where we could all be okay with working together, as well as asking for help, making mistakes, and learning some really amazing things. This is something I'm certain we all want for our classes, right? Because it's the truest and the most optimal environment to have. In order to do this, I, like many of you, focused on a series of icebreaker activities to get students to learn about others in the classroom, learn a bit about me and my expectations for the upcoming year, and learn about themselves. There are so many of these types of activities on the internet these days, or maybe you have some that are really tried and true. Whatever you select, I hope this podcast today will help you keep just a few things in mind— and probably learn from some of my past mistakes. There's a letter of sorts roaming around Facebook for elementary teachers. It addresses the first day or week of the upcoming new school year. It's a letter to teachers that I believe can act as a reminder as we all gather our materials and prepare for that oh-so-important first week. I don't know the original author, but if you're listening, thank you for putting this out there. Also, please pass some of the information in this letter and in this podcast along to your colleagues. It may make or break your goal of creating a safe and successful classroom community of students. The letter starts like this. Dear Teachers, Next week, when those sweet faces show up in your classroom for the first time, and you want to give that familiar homework of, quote, What I did this summer, please consider. Okay, Dr. Page, what are we supposed to consider, you ask? I'll get to that in a minute and keep the suspense going for a little while longer. What I'm about to reread wasn't something I was ever taught in my college pre-service prep program, and it wasn't mentioned in my professional development sessions ever. It wasn't even spoken about in the elementary school where I first taught, even though that school was noted as the most culturally and economically diverse school in that district at that time. But I should have talked about it in all of these places, and it should have been a really easy plan. And because it wasn't talked about nor planned for, I found out about it in a bit harder way than any teacher ever should. I'll get back to the letter. So when you want to give that familiar homework of what I did this summer, please consider Consider the kid whose family couldn't afford a holiday or a vacation of any kind. Consider the kid who took care of younger siblings because their grown up slept all day. Consider the kid who hid under the covers at 2 a.m. trying to escape the screaming and the cursing. Consider the kid who's looking forward to lunch because they've only had the same sandwich all summer or... They haven't been fed at all and have spent their summer looking for ways to feed themselves. Or, consider the kid wearing last year's clothes because their family couldn't afford new ones. It's a sure bet that we all have kids coming into our classroom this year where one or maybe even more than one of these scenarios were their very reality this summer. I know I sure had some of these kids every year when I was teaching. I even worked with some high school and college-level kids where these situations happened. And given everything that's transpired in the past couple years, and whether you have a few of these kids under your care or your classroom is full of them, we must be aware of these and many other circumstances for which our students have in their backpacks as they come into the new school year. So teacher, please consider. The letter continues reminding us that, quote, there are kids dreading the first day of school because they have no good answer for what they did this summer when what they really did was just survive. Enter my rookie mistake. I remember getting my first graders into a circle on the carpet and having them go around one by one and share what they did this summer aloud to the rest of the class. I went first and I shared my personal summer activities with them, which probably included a couple trips to the beach, swimming, ice cream relaxing, whatever. One year I worked at a miniature golf place and a few of my students happened to see me working there, so there was probably a mention of that too. I remember that some of my students did some fun and exciting things over the summer and had some interesting topics to share. I also remember, though, a few of my students looking at and wringing their hands in preparation for their turn. I remember one student adding additional summer activities to his list after hearing the student before him talk about all of the many adventures her family had had after a 10-day trip to Disney World. You see, I had students from single-parent and even two-parent households who had real trouble getting together enough funds to purchase school supplies and pay for their reduced school lunch for the month, let alone for the whole year. I had one student whose mother left the family abruptly last year while she was in kindergarten, And she was still dealing with this loss because her kindergarten teacher informed me under no uncertain circumstances that all this student did was hide under tables all last year. She was actually, I remember, sitting halfway in and halfway out of the nearest student desk during this exercise. I had one student whose mother was in jail and whose brother was seriously acting out as a result of this situation, so in order to keep her physically safe... This student kept getting bounced around all summer from relative to relative, and it was happening even in various states. I had one student whose parents divorced that summer, and I found out later at the fall parent-teacher conference that the ugly custody battle was nowhere near a resolution. So when I think back about how I asked each student to sit in a circle and talk aloud about their summer experience, I almost cringe. In fact, I'm cringing right now, but I give myself grace because I didn't know, so I didn't plan. I didn't know to think about these things happening to and around my students when they weren't in school, and I didn't know to ask something different of them during that first week, but now I know better. So as Maya Angelou says, when you know better, you do better, and if you have seen this Facebook post and you've listened to this podcast, now you know better too. So what can an elementary or any level K-12 teacher really ask of their students instead of what did you do this summer? Here are five questions that I like. I'm sure you can find others that suit you and your students or you may already have some of these and you may have already thought about this whole thing. So great job. I've also included links to some websites that may help you in this process. One link is from A website called Lit Coach Lady called Why I Won't Be Asking How Was Your Summer Anymore. It's from 2016 or 2017, but it's still pretty amazing. And there's a bunch of questions there. There's also a link to Kyle Schwartz's transcript and her TED Talk about what kids wish their teacher knew. I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's along the same lines of what we're talking about today. And it's amazing. And her book, I wish my teacher knew how one question can change everything for our kids is also linked here. So let's get to those five alternative questions. One question comes from the Facebook letter to the teachers What am I looking forward to about this school year? Question two What are you hoping to learn this school year? Question three What is one goal I can help you with as a teacher? to a student. Question four, how do you best learn something new? Or you could ask it like Kyle did. You can have the students complete the following, I wish my teacher knew blank. Unlike my other podcasts, I'm just going to mention these alternative questions and not go into a lot of description here because really the goal of this podcast and of that Facebook story and sharing this with all of you is think differently about what you ask your students at the beginning of week of each school year. So whatever prompt or question you like or you find, it's enough that you've just listened today and it's enough that you're thinking about asking something different. So again, teachers, please consider. Don't make them go around the room or write a paragraph telling them about their summer. Sadly for a lot of kids, the best part, is that summer is over. I'll end with this. For some of those kids walking into your classroom in the next few weeks, helping to make summer a distant reality will ensure a positive and productive school year of learning. And this, the learning, is the point of everything. So teachers, please consider using an alternative question or prompt with your students. It will go a really long way. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, I hope these five questions and prompts will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. Thank you so much for joining me this week. To review key takeaways from today's episode and get the free handout, please visit my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E hendrix.com. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more. Please subscribe to get off the dotted line. I can't wait to share another podcast with you. Thank you again for joining me, Dr. Paige Hendricks, in today's episode of Get Off the Dotted Line. See you next time.